Now, in 1974, Kenneth Williams, Ted Ray, Miriam Margulies and Nigel Rees were in the legendary Paris Theatre in London's Lower Regent Street recording what would be a rather short-lived series. And though Ted and Kenneth had worked together on Carry On Teacher back in 1959, the two apparently had issues over sharing star billing for this. I wonder if you can tell. None of the shows were kept by the BBC archive, but following the Treasure Hunt campaign, nine editions of the show were returned and this is the sixth it's the betty witherspoon show and here's betty thank you thank you thank you Ah, the affection, the affection. Thank you, Mr. Penis. A note, please. That's all. Do you know what? What? I don't think you can really play. I reckon you're a mime. You're an old mimer, aren't you? You can't really play. Go on, play it really. Play it for me. Give us a tune. A tune, a tune. I don't play tunes. I've told you already, I come from a classical background. Yes, they always did say your mother-in-law looked like one of the Greek ruins. (laughs) Is that so? I shudder to think of what background you came from. I lived a very sheltered youth, I had. Oh, a very sheltered youth, I had. It was wartime, and the shelter was in the garden. In the garden, yes. And the garden, how did you know? Well, you have a certain rustic quality. Rustic? Yes, it smells. It shows, yes. No, really? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, they're freckles. Tell us a bit more about your family background. Now, you were brought up in a shelter at the bottom of the garden. Yes, that's right. Uh, now, tell us about your father. My father? Yes. Well, he always said he went to the University of Life. Yes. Yes, well, that's what they gave him. Why? Life. Well, yes. it was this bloke even the end of the travel. Wormwood Scrubs. Wormwood Scrubs. Oh, the Scrubs. Yeah, you know it? Well, as a matter of fact, yes, my father was a prison visitor. That seems... I wonder if I ever uh, Yes, three you. months, five months, twelve months. He could never settle down outside. Oh, I was there. Well... <laughs> The coppers kept moving him along on the embankment. I thought you had links with the embankment. Of course, the embankment is only round the corner from Westminster. Or you could say Parliament's only just round the bend from the embankment. (laughs) Or just round the bend. (laughs) In those hard days, it was always very warm down there. Yes, all that hot air. Still, it wasn't long before I was playing the Albert Hall. You mean to say you entertained the queues outside? No, no, no. The queues inside, they were trying to escape. Oh, yes. Oh, I once went to the first night of the proms at the Albert Hall. Oh, it was really nice. Oh, the propinquity. All those people standing up and pushing against each other. (laughs) That sounds like the last night of the proms. It was for me. I got three months. I suppose it was worth it in the end, of mine. Ah, the proms, the singing, the cheering, what, the for your... thunderous applause. For your solo? No, for the man who wheels the piano on the stage. Oh, I bet you didn't really play the Albert Hall at all. No musician plays at the Albert Hall. To us, it is work, just like going to the office. But I'm afraid, right at the moment, there is something we cannot avoid. You mean you're going to play the violin? <laughs> look, Ken, now look, Ken, I've yeah. stood in up. I've, I've, I've been meaning to have a quiet word with you about this, but you keep avoiding me. I'm oh, sorry. Now, look, look, I suppose it's because I've got more lines than you have. Well, you're jealous, you're jealous. It's not just But I do wish you'd stop asking me to play the violin. When I'm ready to play, I'll play. It's as simple as that. Well, now, go then... on, then. Give us a burst. <laughs> I'll burst something for you if you don't shut up. <laughs> you're lowering the tone of the whole show. And talking about lowering the tone, it's time I burst into song. Why? Well, Is it past closing time? How dare you! <laughs> Oh, <laughs> my
somebody shut that cake hole, please. For those of you who have never been in the pub, here's another good reason for staying off alcohol. I'll tell you something else. Alcohol is very fattening, very fattening. Everybody's on about slimming. Don't eat this and don't eat that. Well, I'd like to tell you one thing. I just love to be fat. Everyone wants to look like Twiggy, but she ain't got what it takes. I like women with the bottoms and bosoms. My pin-up girl is Hattie Jakes. Everybody's all about slimming. Don't eat this and don't eat that. Well, I'd like to tell you one thing. I just love to be fat. Kelly again, Kelly, Kelly. Now, diets are printed almost daily in every paper and magazine. Could slim by gnawing on a bean stick if you wanna look like a bean. Inside everything is a fatty, trying to bluster and burst his way out, definitely with a craving for cream cakes. Calorie counts, thrown into doubt. Everybody's all about slimming. Don't eat this and don't eat that. Well, I'd like to tell you one thing. I'd just love to be fat. It's the rich men who pay through the nose for just one thing Sweating and steaming at a health farm They'll pay anything to get slim right. Everybody's all about slimming Don't eat this and don't eat that Well, I'd like to tell you one thing I just love to be fat I love to be Thank you, thank you. You are too kind. Where are you? Where are you? If you get any thinner, you'll disappear altogether. I'm, With any luck. I'm over here. I'm over here, Doctor. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I forgot about you. Yes. It's time to go over to the intelligence unit at Scotland Yard, where Inspector Spules has an important announcement to make. Hello, hello. Is this microphone live? Oh, ow. It must be, it's just bitten me. Uh, this week I'd like to make an appeal for my heart, but as the lads here say, I haven't got one, it'll have to come from another part of my anatomy. Which brings me to the import of this week's message. Remember, policemen are only human like the rest of you. Although you may sometimes wonder about that. The policeman's lot is a lonely one, so if an officer requests you to accompany him to the station, don't forget, he's probably just lonely <laughs> and in need of companionship and sucker any old sucker <laughs> so i mean aren't we all in need of that are we all bright eyes au revoir au revoir mon cher well so now we know thank you inspector oh contraire thank you sweetie <laughs> you don't sweetie pie. thank you thank you thank honey you. lamb keep in touch keep in yes, touch i will do <laughs> and it reminds me of a joke yeah. why did the fortune teller Give up her crystal ball. I don't know. Why did the fortune teller give up her crystal ball? <laughs> she couldn't see any future in it. <laughs> boom, boom. Actually, fortune tellers are strange people. I don't know how much you can believe them, really. I mean, I was at this fairground the other day and I saw this caravan. The sign said, Gypsy Cannelloni reveals all. I thought, this is it. I'm not going to miss this, you know, for two new pence. See? <laughs> I was very disappointed, of course. It was a bloke. <laughs> Still, very interesting things he told me. Very interesting.
Cross me palm with silver, dearie, and I'll tell your fortune for you. Very well. Ah. There you are. Yes. Ten new pence. Oh. What's my fortune? I see it all. Yes. You walk out of this caravan. Yes. And come to a great open valley. Yes. You walk down into this valley. Yes. You fall over a rock and break your neck. <laughs> break my neck? Surely not. Well, what else do you expect for 10p? <laughs> well, that's a... I don't know. That's a, that's a horrible fortune. Well, nice fortunes come extra. 50p. Oh, I see. I'll pay then. Ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. I see. Yes, yes, yes. You manage to escape injury. Oh, good, yes. good. Yes, then you walk away and become a chartered accountant for the rest of your life. Oh, come on, come on. That's no good. What a very boring fortune. Exciting fortunes come extra. £2.50. <laughs> oh, oh, all right, then. Ah, 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 yes. I see it all now. You leave that job, come up on the pools, and get your own TV series. Great, okay. great, great. What then? What That's then? all. That's all. I can't be all. You've missed something out. There's no romance in my fortune so far. Romantic fortunes come extra, fiver. <laughs> this is the most expensive. Oh, all right, I'll pay. Ah, right, right I see. Ah, you meet this starlet on your TV show. Yes. You take her out to dinner. Yes. You drive her home and stay the night at her flat. Yes. Then you never see her again. <laughs> Look, I'm not complaining, but don't you think this is a rather depressing ending to a fortune? Yes, you? a happy ending fortunes come extra. Oh, I thought they might. Uh, oh, well, I'm lumbered now. In for a pound. Yes. In. Very well, I'll pay it. Ah, that's it. Ah, yes, I see it. She becomes your mistress. You inherit a gold mine. You get a knighthood and all live happy ever after. Perfect! Perfect! Right, that'll be 18 quid, please, dearie. 18 quid? Well, that's a small fortune. Yeah, a large fortune's come extra. <laughs> Thank you very much. And now... And now it's time for Witherspoon's World, our distorted look at the world around us. And this week, Betty casts her jaundiced eye towards Europe. Thank you, maestro. We all know that foreigners begin at Calais. But as Robert Morley once said, the British tourist is always happy abroad as long as all the natives are waiters. The only trouble is, the waiters never speak English. Uh, what do you fancy for breakfast, dear? Mm, I think I'll just have eggs. It's down on the menu as earth, dear. There, there. Garçon. Garçon. Deux oeufs, s'il vous plaît. Comprenez? Monsieur, be happy to take your order just as soon as you stop barking at me. <laughs> well, you know, they say that the best way to tell where you are in Europe is to cross the road. As Sir Ralph Richardson once said, in France, the traffic will stop promptly if you cross the street with a shapely blonde on your arm. In England, if you have a dog on a leash. In Germany, if you're wearing uniform. In Italy, of course, whatever you do, you'll be run over. <laughs> Italy is, of course, according to all the myths, a nation of lazy, cowardly ice cream sellers. This is not true, ladies and gentlemen. They're a very, very hard-working nation of cowardly ice cream sellers. <laughs> Over now to an Italian gunboat in the Mediterranean in 1943. 
Capitano, Capitano, tell me please, is that a U-boat over there? No, no, Giuseppe, that is not a U-boat, that is a my boat. <laughs> Thank you, Rozzano Brazzi, whoever she is. <laughs> of course, the other great misconception about Italy is everyone thinks that they're all members of the Mafia. Hello? Fingers Lamont, this is little Joe speaking. Look, Scarface Al says lay off the numbers racket. I'll put the finger on you, see? He's a little sore at you muscling in on the bootlegging. Okay, fingers, you got the picture. Just lay off or you'll end up in a wooden overcoat, see? Oh, I'm so sorry. This is a Santa Dominica convent here. <laughs> You've got the wrong person. Sister Bernadette, it's for you. <laughs> It's like the joke says, you know, folks, what's black and blue and floats down the river? Comedians who make jokes about the Mafia. <laughs> of course, I suppose the most sophisticated nation in Europe is France, where they spend hours tracing back through genealogy to find out who their great-great-grandfather was. It's the same in Liverpool, really. Yes, whenever a Liverpoolian has nothing to do, he spends hours trying to find out who his father was. <laughs> but the French have given the world some great cuisine and good food as well. <laughs> and the language of diplomacy which is full of phrases like sang-froid, je ne sais quoi, and of course, savoir-faire. And for those of you who don't know what savoir-faire is, listen. What is uh, savoir-faire, monsieur? It is best answered with an example. Imagine that you are away on a business trip, but you have come back unexpectedly soon and find your wife in bed with your best friend. You do not wish to get emotional to heat your blood. Instead, you stay calm. If, like a true Parisian, you can smile, wave cheerily, and say, pardon the intrusion, you have savoir-faire. No, 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 no. That is merely tact. To explain savoir-faire, let us imagine the same situation. If, on finding your wife in bed with your best friend, you say, pardon the intrusion, please continue, then you have savoir-faire. <laughs> No, 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 no. That is ordinary politeness. Let me explain savoir-faire. Let us return to the same situation. If you come home and find your wife in bed with your best friend and you smile and wave and say, pardon the intrusion, please continue, and he can, that is <laughs> Well, one thing is certain. Now that we're in Europe, we'll all have to brush up our languages and foreign pronunciation. Excuse me, I'm new to this part of Germany. How do the natives pronounce the name of this town? Is it Brunswick or Brunswick? It is Brunswick. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> but the people in Europe who are the most like us, bless them, are the stolid, down-to-earth, unromantic Dutch. Von Huber, why do you go in for fat women with long, greasy hair? Not on your life, Van der Vuker. Why do you like them with the flat faces, snub noses and cross eyes? Of course not. Maybe you go for women with crooked teeth and big ears? Never. In that case, Van der Huber, how come you make love to my wife? <laughs> <laughs> well, we join Europe now. That is a fait accompli, and it's also true. But there's still controversy about it. To get the views of you, the dear public, our roving reporter went out into the streets, unaccompanied. Hello, good evening and welcome. Here I am in North London, Hendon, to be precise, where I'm going to ask people for their snap views on the common market. 
You madam, what's your name? Uh, Mrs. Raquel Welsh. Of Hendon? Yes, of course. The Mrs. Raquel Welsh of Hendon. Oh, yes. Now, what is all this? Uh, testing margarine from butter or something? No, no, not exactly. Oh, do you want me to swap two packets of my usual washing powder for a carton of that rubbish you got there? <laughs> no, no, Raquel. I want to hear your views on the common market. The common what, Kit? The common market. Are you a resident of Hendon in favour of going into Europe. Who wants to? I was only too glad to come from there. <laughs> we must face it, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are becoming much more continental in our ways. I mean, wine consumption has soared in Britain over the past year or so, and with it comes the British wine expert. I do so like this place, darling. It, it's so quiet and they're so kind to little yeah, Jenny, yeah. serving those special small portions. Yeah. Aren't they, Jenny? Yes, very nice in here, Mummy. Yeah. Very nice. Oh, it's quite very nice. <laughs> Dear little thing. Yes, it is, dear. darling, and the wine is very good, too. Mm, they must have a very good shipper. Oh. There's nothing like a little Claire de Bon Bourguignon or Trois Rois or 59. Yeah. Mm, darling, mm, mm. darling. Mm. What is it, darling? Uh, mm. Darling, you're drinking little Jenny's blackcurrant juice. <laughs> of course, there are food snobs as well. They're affected by becoming true Europeans. But you can always tell them. They're the ones who want a spaghetti with their chips in a canteen. <laughs> See what I mean, Mac? You know what I mean? Well, that's all from Witherspoon's World this week. Next week, we'll be asking the question, is it still safe to walk the streets of London? Not if you're a man, duck. <laughs> For the other side of that question, we must wait until next week. Obverse or perverse? Let the tears fall where they may. And now, over to the Joke Marketing Board, which is holding a committee meeting just about now. All right, all right, all right. All right, now, order, order. Order. Order, order. Yeah. A small gin and tonic, a large gin and tonic, and a bottle of gin and tonic. <laughs> Late another one, have you? <laughs> hey, you'll lay them, I'll sell them. <laughs> now, I've called a special meeting of the Junk Marketing Board because of the first case of high joking. That well-known English joke, waiter, waiter, there's a fly in my soup, don't worry, sir, just put the spider in, it'll soon get rid of it. <laughs> Was high joked on the way from Jimmy Tarbuck's house to be told at the London Palladium. Aye, 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 I've appeared there. They gave me the star dressing room. How could you tell it was a star dressing room? You could see him through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, this high joking poses us with a very serious security problem as regards the telling of jokes. It is thought that it was stolen by a Japanese comedian who intends to sell it in Tokyo, have it copied and re-exported to Britain as... Waiter, waiter, there's a fly in my soup. Very sorry, sir. Would you prefer one with a splayer? <laughs> That's a bit like a Chinese joke. Why is it like a Chinese joke? Well, as soon as you tell one Chinese joke, you need to tell another one. I'll tell you this. Well, do you tell me? I'll tell you this. As soon as we hear you tell a joke like that, everyone wants to tell another joke. Now, look, we've had a warning that the next high joke is going to take place in the West Indies. Jamaica? I went there with a wife. Now, it's a very serious business, is this? It always is when you're telling the jokes. As the actor said to the bishop when the chicken crossed the road. Yes, I've got my pants lines mixed up. Watch it. Get on with the business. Yeah, get on with it. Who'd be in charge of you lot? You obviously ain't. Hey, put that lady down, sir. That's no lady, that's his wife. <laughs> order! 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 A large gin and tonic, I don't mind if I do. Right. Now, let's get down to business. <laughs> now, 
By the way of showing your approval for this new anti-hijack joke legislation, I'd like you all to be upstanding and sing the committee's official song, Let a Smile Be Your Umbrella. And a smile will always pay. A smile that's will good. always pay. That's good. 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 That's And now we come to the most serious moment in our programme. You're not going to tell another joke? No. The moment has arrived when I introduce young Nigel to introduce the Betty Witherspoon Theatre of the Air. Nigel. Nigel, where are you? Nigel. Oh, you're on. Thank you, thank you. And now, uh, thank you. And now I think it's time for a play uh, or something. Think? You think it's time? Look, mate, don't you know? You've got to be sure. Is it time for a play or isn't it? Uh, well, well, yes, it's some sort of farce about Cleopatra. Some sort of farce? Look, this is not good enough. My writers have been working for three weeks on this. I've spent a pound already. I mean, you, you've got to... Yes! You've got to give it a bigger build-up than that. Oh, all right, then. <laughs> Here goes. I, yeah, I, build I, it up. Yes, well, I'm sorry, but I'm a bit new to this sort of thing. Really? You see, are you from Rada? Uh, no, Weybridge. Eh? Well, no. Oh, I spoiled the ship for April of the time. Oh, I get off. I'll do it myself. I want you to imagine, ladies and gentlemen, that this whole auditorium is a desert. And judging from your reaction so far, it blooming well is. To the left of us is the Sphinx, to the right of the Pyramids, and ahead, the delights of Cairo and Mark Antony's beloved Cleopatra. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Cleopatra of the Nile, a play by Camacropolis, Camacropolis, <laughs> translated from the original Greek by Wilson, Keppel, and Betty. Mark Antony! Oh. Mark Antony! Mark! Mark! Oh, pipe down. Pipe down, you... Mark! I haven't finished yet. Mark! You sound like a dog with air lip. Oh, anyway, what is it? What is it, Centurion? News from Rome, sire. From Rome? The Emperor is dead. Long live the Emperor. It's a bit late for that, isn't it? The new one. Oh, I see. You gods, a cruel blow. The Emperor dead. Yes. I can't believe it. You know, Centurion, everything I am, I owe to Caesar. Yes, I know, including that dress you wear in the officer's mess. Enough <laughs> of that insubordination. Come with me to the palace and help me take down my things. <gasps> There's no reply to that, is there? There's no reply. Listen, we leave for Rome on the next tide. <laughs> ah, Cleopatra. Oh, you look beautiful tonight. Oh, Mark Antony, you'd say that even if you didn't think so. Ah, then again, you'd think so even if I didn't say so. <laughs> Yes, some people think I'm conceited, mm. but it isn't true. No. You're only conceited when you think you're wonderful and you're not. But enough of talk. Let's oh. to bed. No, no. I'm not leaving. Tomorrow I set sail for distant Libya. Lydia who? L Libya. Libya. And thence to Rome. The emperor is dead. Our capital is surrounded. The Carthaginians are coming. The Corinthians are coming. The shrimp boats are coming. Who, who wants to dance with a shrimp? Why, hasn't anyone asked you yet? And by the way, Centurion, what was the meaning of that ridiculous musical interruption? There's a sandstorm blowing up, sire, and you've left your camel outside. 
What shall I do? Bring him in here. But what about the smell? Oh, it's all right. He's got a bit of a cold. He won't notice it. <laughs> now, Centurion, leave us. Leave us to our farewells. Oh, ah. Mark Antony. Oh. Oh. Must you leave me? Yes, my dearest, I must. Pompeii is in ruins. The lions have escaped from the Colosseum. The Palladium isn't doing too well either. <laughs> I must away to Rome. How can you treat me so cruelly after I've given you the best years of my life? Good heavens, were those the best years? <laughs> Mark Antony, delay a while. Come, prince of love. Lie back on these silken cushions and make yourself comfortable. Oh! oh! I'm sorry, my hand's cold. No, dear, Sammy Sword. <laughs> what about a goblet of Madeira? Oh. Or would you like to nibble my oriental delicacy? Okay, oh, not on a full stomach. <laughs> what about a bit of Turkish delight? No, thanks. I've got enough trouble as it is with Egyptian delight. Oh, Mark Antony, you heartless beast! You're nothing but a cheap, low, conniving, ignorant, worthless git. Oh dear, nobody's perfect. <laughs> Mark Anthony! Mark Anthony! Rouse yourself, sire! The tide is on the turn! Mm, so am I, mate, after last night. <laughs> I had a terrible time with what 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 with me. I I I I I had a terrible time. Did you? I had a terrible time. <laughs> Not a... Well, what with one thing and another. Yes. It's mostly the other. <laughs> How is it? How is Cleopatra? Oh, how is she? Well, you know how it is. She got the needle? What, what? No, no, no. You know how it is. Yes, well, how is it? No, well, when I left her, she was beside herself. Go on. Oh, and a right honourable pair she made, too. <laughs> oh, Centurion, my toga's seen some action in its time, but last night... Well, I tried to escape, but she followed, and I was accosted by the Sphinx. The wanton beast! Heavens, what's that? Either Nat Gunella or Cleopatra. I'll tell you who it is. Tell her to go to... Oh, hello, Cleopatra. Centurion, may I present the great Cleopatra to you? No, thanks. I don't want her. Mark Antony, I've come here to do something drastic. Oh, no, dear, not again. I mean a suicide, Mark Antony. Oh, you get up off the floor. What are you doing writhing round on the floor, Cleopatra? Well, I'm looking for it. Aren't we all, dear? Aren't we all? I had it when I came in. Well, you've got the advantage over most of us, haven't you? I've mislaid my asp. You must be joking, dear. It's too big. I mean... <laughs> Watch where you put your hands. If it gets you, there's no known antidote. <gasps> the next line's been cut, that isn't it? <laughs> yeah, please go and do whatever you want to do, but leave me alone. I've got to get back to Rome, OK? You have spurned me once too often, Mark Antony. This time is the last... No, wait, wait. For I die. No. Come on, bite me, you what? devil. Where? She don't mean you, she means her asp. Look, wouldn't a, wouldn't a gun be less painful? A gun? A gun? It ain't been invented yet. It's oh, Come, poison, do your work. Oh, she's going. She's, oh, she's dropping with it. Oh, I die. Oh. I die. Oh, oh blimey, that's how we're doing it a bit. Oh, oh, God. My love for you breaks even the burden of my office. Put down the snake. I'll marry you tomorrow. Oh, Mark Antony. Yeah. You mm. must love me to forsake Rome for all the corn in Egypt. Mm. Tell me, mm. what is it you find so fascinating? Mm. Is it my hair? No. Is it my figure? No. My personality? No. Then I give up? That's it. <laughs> I'm sure that brings relief to us all, especially Kent. 
Next week, the Betty Witherspoon Theatre of the Air might tell the wonderful story about the rich Roman who's lost his ears and false ones made out of diamonds and then had a fit. And it's called Jewel Ears Seizure. <laughs> I must say, on behalf of dear Betty Witherspoon and myself, how nice it has been having you with us. Indeed, Betty joins me. She joins me in thanking you for coming. God bless you, and bye-bye. The Betty Witherspoon Show starred Ted Ray and Kenneth Williams with Miriam Margulies and Nigel Reese. The script was written by Michael Whale and Joe Steeples, the music by Neil Innes, and the programme was produced by Simon Brett.